In today's show, we're looking back at all of the action from Thursday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. A couple of things before we start breaking down the games from Thursday. Terrible news about um, Terrence Clark, draft prospect out of Kentucky, who uh, just declared for the draft. Unfortunately, was killed in a car accident today. Uh, That's objectively horrific news. So all our thoughts and prayers go out to his family, friends, Kentucky basketball, NBA community at large. He was going to be a draft pick. Don't know where he's going to be picked, but that doesn't even matter anymore. So just a a terrible news to see a 19-year-old die in such uh, tragic circumstances. So RIP Terrence Clark. The other bit of news that needs to be discussed is Trey Young and his ankle sprain, um, a grade two ankle sprain, according to Woj. The Hawks have officially ruled him out the next two games. They are kidding themselves. There's no way he is back in two games. Uh, Woj said it was the best case scenario. He is also kidding himself. The best case scenario, Woj, that's why they have gradings, would be a grade one. That's that's literally the best case scenario. Um, he will miss, my guess, two to three weeks. A grade two can be up to four weeks. Brandon Goodwin, I think, will be the starter. I think he is. he's put up solid numbers when he was started for Trey Young in those couple of games he started already this year. Lou Williams gets a boost. Kevin Herter gets a boost. Bogdan Bogdanovich gets a boost. They can all be 12-team league guys. I'm less certain on Williams. I just don't think they're going to overload him with a huge amount of minutes, given what he does. But he still can be an option at the back end of rosters. But all those guys are going to get a boost in their value in the short term. Uh, if you want assists, it's going to be Goodwin. If you want some scoring and threes, yeah, Williams. And then Herder and Bogdanovich should be rostered anyway. But um, that's probably the fallout there from the Trey Young injury news. Let's now talk games. First game up, Phoenix Suns and the Boston Celtics. Phoenix, 86. That is a terribly low score. The Boston Celtics, 99. Chris Paul had 22, 8, and 8. He was pretty good. Not many other players were, though. Booker struggles continue. He's the 98th ranked player over the last two weeks. 15 points in 26 minutes, 46% shooting, a triple zero. It's just a, it's been a rough year for Booker, who's the 48th ranked player this season, and uh, obviously falling apart at the wrong time. Hopefully, he can get back on track. Well, McCall Bridges played 45 minutes. It's a lot of minutes. 15, 2, and 4 is all right. It's not great. It's all right. Um, I still maintain his must roster. Jay Crowder didn't play, so Cameron Johnson started, and he'd been playing all right. He did not play all right here. Eight points on 27% shooting without a three. At least he had a steal and a block, but realistically, he's just a steals and threes uh, streamer sort of player. Aiton was all right, but still not great. The last two games have been pretty poor from him. 10 and 9 in 34 minutes with a steal and a block. He had a piss poor usage of 10%. Didn't take a free throw. That's back to the bad old Dondre Ayton that we saw at the start of this season. Let's hope it's not a permanent regression there. But honestly, just a very lackluster performance from the Suns, who are on a road trip and on a back-to-back. So there is some level of excuse there. The Celtics were without Evan Fournier, Jalen Brown, and Rob Williams. 
Kemba Walker went off. 37 minutes, 32 points, 5 triples, 1 block, 65% shooting. An excellent night from Kemba, who is now up to the 32nd ranked player over the last two weeks. I was worried about Kemba. I thought he might be done in terms of his knee is cooked. He's never going to get back to elite numbers. And he's not there at all yet. He's still the 60th ranked player this season on a per-game basis, but he's looking better at the moment. Jason Tatum cannot hit shots. Just horrendous shooting at the moment. And this is a guy who was yeah, rolling as a top 10 guy. And now we're seeing the last two games, I think he's like five of the last 30 or something. He was at 18% here, 15, 11, and six with the steal and zero blocks. Well, Tristan Thompson played 34 minutes. Probably the most important number there is the 34 minutes, nine and 12. He can be a short-term league or short-term ad with the absence of Williams. Marcus Smart, 11, seven and five. While Peyton Pritchard played 21 minutes and had 10 points and Romeo Langford. Romeo Langford, I think at this point, is in the discussion to be one of the players who does the absolute least with the most. 32 minutes for two points. Uh, that's six fantasy points in total, one rebound and one block. And if it wasn't for that one block, it would have been an absolute stinker. So the minutes are not bad for him. They're pushing up, but he just doesn't do anything at all from a fantasy point of view. Jabari Parker had 6-4-4 four, and four in 15 minutes, which is not bad production, but we know Jabari's not that good, but he can put up fantasy stats when he's out there in the old Hassan Whiteside mold of player. The New Orleans Pelicans, they absolutely uh, shit-mixed the Orlando Magic. 135-100. Brandon Ingram was great. 29 points with six assists on some elite shooting, 65%. Steven Adams went down. Uh, he actually had some good numbers, 12-9 and nine in 16 first-half minutes. I, I really don't see him being a 12-team league guy, but without him, it was Jackson Hayes that started, but it was Bill Hernan Gomez who really went off, 18-12 and 12 in 17 minutes. They are elite numbers. Now, if Hayes and Hernan Gomez were to play the same amount of minutes, Billy is the guy that you roster, and that's if Adams has to miss time. So just watch that one, 18-12 and 12 for Hernan Gomez, while Zion only played 23 minutes. Didn't have to do anything more. He was a plus 20. He had 23 and 7 on 75% shooting and hit all five of his free throws. Even Eric Bledsoe went off. That's how easy this game was. 15 points in 22 minutes with five triples and Najee Marshall. Now, I did claim some skepticism about Marshall being able to maintain his numbers. He had two points in 17 minutes. But one, one of the things I was skeptical was his assist rate, but he kept that up. Four assists in 17. I do not believe he's a 12-team league guy. I think he's more of a 16 to 14-team league guy at best who will occasionally have 12-team moments. Lonzo had 6-4-12, and 12, which is a solid enough game. And Kyra Lewis really struggled. Six points on 18% shooting uh, without a steal or a block. He has regressed a little bit in the last week or so. For the Magic, Wendell Carter Jr. was out. Terrence Ross was out. Otto Porter was out. Michael Carter-Williams was out. And James Ennis was out. I wouldn't be dropping Wendell Carter, as some people have asked me. But we got to look at Mo Bamba here. One, two, three, four, five. Let's, it, it's very possible that Mo Bamba moves into the Hassan Whiteside territory soon and that he's a guy that if he plays, he puts up stats, but he's actually not good. And I think we might be real close to that for Bamba. 36 fantasy points, great. 17 and 12, two threes and two blocks, great. Again, minus 17. I just don't think he's starting caliber player. I just don't think he is. This was a really weird game. Cole Anthony, 14, 2, and 3. Gary Harris had 11. The Shark, Dwayne Bacon, had 8 points on 27%. You'll be surprised to know that he was dreadful. Well, Chumura Kiki, that... Efficiency now, those efficiency numbers he put up to uh, straight after the trade deadline, they seemed fake. They're obviously fake. Four points on eight percent shooting. Now this is fake. Also, he's not an eight percent shooter, but he didn't even contribute any defensive stats here. And he's outside the top two hundred over the last two weeks. If you want to drop him, absolutely nothing wrong with that. He's not good enough to hold on to through struggles. Devin Kennedy. Played well in the G League this year, signed to the Magic, 17 points in 24 minutes, obviously taking advantage of the fact that Ross Porter, Carter, Williams, Ennis, and, and uh, 
some, uh, someone else I missed there. Carter, Ross, Porter, Carter Williams, and Ennis. There's two Carters that confuse me. Good game from Kennedy, uh, Kennedy, but I wouldn't get excited too much. Well, Dante Hall stepped up back up center behind Bumba with two blocks and seven points, but not a guy that's going to play regularly when we have um, Bumba and um, Carter out there. I thought we could have got a bit more out of RJ Hampton, who had 10-3-2 with two steals. Didn't shoot particularly well. He is still just a deeper league guy, and I'm not really convinced that he's going to step into a 12-team league role this season. The next game is the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Milwaukee Bucks. 117-124, the Bucks win it. Shake Milton, who had some absolute turd burgers, dropped 20 in 26 minutes. They were without Ben Simmons and Furkan Korkmaz. I wouldn't read anything into this from Milton. While Embiid played 27 minutes, had 24, 3, and 3, and didn't play down the stretch here. Went to the locker room. I'm pretty sure it's just precautionary. They were getting beaten pretty comfortably. So they just, just said, no need to be out there, Joel. He had 24, 3, and 3. We'll obviously watch it, but I think he's all right. The Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. Um, good to have him back. 18, 2, and 6 in 30 minutes. He said he had a bone bruise on his knee. That's why he missed time, but he was he's okay. Well, Seth had 11 points in 26 minutes, and George Hill started, had 6 points in 21. I don't believe Shake, Seth Curry, or George Hill are 12-team league players. Rough night from Danny Green. He was actually really bad in this one. He normally steps up in these situations where someone's out, but zero points in 15 minutes with a steal and a block. That's a uh, pretty poor going. While the painter Matisse Thibel had a triple one, is uh, as is tradition. Tyrese Maxey, nice numbers there with Korkmaz out. 11 points, five assists. I do believe that Maxey's going to play a relatively important role on this team next season, but it's obviously just not there this year. For the Bucks, punch bop. Wow. 23 minutes for Bobby Portis. 23 points on 82% shooting. Now, somehow, this is this is the Bobby Portis experience. He was somehow minus 10 in a game they won by seven, and it wasn't really that close. Unbelievable good usage, ridiculous shooting, five of five from three. It's not real. He's a streamer. He's not a must roster. Middleton had 24 with five assists, and Giannis Antetokounmpo Giannis had 27, 16, and six with two steals, and Brooke Lopez had 16 and four in 23. Just a really solid game. Remember, they've got two more games left this week, so Pandy Cottonson for deep leagues, 10 and five with two threes. Bryn Forbes had two threes and nine points, and the big ragu, even though this is a bit of a stinker from DiVincenzo, just the three points, he did have six assists. He's normally a solid source of threes and steals, and I still would be holding him despite some recent subpar performances would be the kindest way of me phrasing that. All right. Let's go on to the next game. The Detroit Pistons go down to the Spurs pretty comfortably. 106-91. The Pistons, as expected, rested Jeremy Grant, Wayne Ellington, Mason Plumley, Corey Joseph. They were also without Dennis Smith. So they started all their rookies again. Um, Alf Stewart played 28 minutes, had 8 points, 13 boards, and 2 blocks. Really solid. Now, I don't know what sort of nonsense Dwayne Casey is going to do next game. Will he play Isaiah Stewart 17 minutes? Will he play him 26 minutes while Mason Plumley starts? I have no idea what's going to happen on a regular basis. And next week, the Pistons have no back-to-back. So does he play under 20 minutes for four consecutive games? Pretty rough if he does. He is still a must-roster to me. While Killian Hayes played 31 minutes, had 12 points, a triple one, five assists. Not particularly good, but 29 usage. 33% shooting is not great. But just enough for me to go, all right, you're a top 100 player over the last two weeks. That's interest. That's interest for me. Um, Again, what does he do? Because Hayes plays one game, Joseph plays, Joseph plays, Hayes doesn't. It's all up and down. What happens next week when they both play? Does Casey, in his infinite wisdom, play 30 minutes of a non-point guard, Corey Joseph, who's no part of the future of this team, and then let Hayes play 20 off the bench? Or does he say, Killian, go out there and play your 32, and let's you know, mix Joseph in there? 
I know what I would do. I'm also not Dwayne Casey. So there is some doubts, I guess, about how Hayes gets used. I would add him and figure it out. Frank Jackson, 33 minutes, 14 points. He is a good point streamer when given these opportunities, but let's talk about someone who isn't. Man, he's so bad. Oh, he is absolutely... Now, there's got to be something going on because he, he was, as much as I don't like him as a player, he was much better than this in Oklahoma City, but he's shit house. Five points in 18 minutes for Hamadou Diallo. Terrible shooting from the field. Terrible shooting from the line. No defensive stats, no assist. He's just... He's not there. You shouldn't be adding him. You shouldn't be using him in any sort of league at all, really. Um... The depressed penis, his inconsistency continues. Sadiq Bay, nine points in 32 minutes with two triples. That happens with rookies. He's pretty prone to that, and that's going to happen. And I, but I still think you should roster him. While Sekou Dumbaya started in place of Jeremy Grant, I thought he was okay, but only played 14 minutes. 3-3-3, three, three, and three, and they just don't want to have any trust in him whatsoever, which is frustrating for sure. But that's just the way that it's going, I guess. Now for the Spurs. Maximum Derrick. Only 29 minutes for Derek White. He only had 26.7 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 steal, 3 blocks with 2 triples, 8 of 8 from the line, and 47% from the field. So on it, it probably could have been better. But before I get all you know, all rock hard down below, a couple of caveats need to be thrown out there. Deshante Murray and DeMar DeRozan didn't play. It was against the Pistons. All this is really obvious. Derek White will not do this consistently. Murray and DeRozan, in order for the offense to have any sort of function, they need the ball in their hands because they can't shoot. White can. Now, White is a better shooter than we've seen so far this year. I think that's pretty clear. He's also really bloody good, but the role that he plays does reduce his output because it reduces his ball handling. It reduces some of his scoring opportunities because he's forced almost into that Derek get a shot up because no one else can type scenario. I fully believe that he is very good and he will be a top 50 player at some point, probably next season. It won't happen this year. He is, I would hope you guys see it, a must roster player. This is great. Jakob Pertl, I think, is also going to be a massive player next year. 17 and 11 with four blocks. Well, Keldon Johnson, one of his better games as well. 10 and 7. The three steals are great. The two threes are nice. 33% shooting is rough. I wouldn't be banking on Keldon to be anything more than a streamer. While Lonnie Walker started out great, he had 12 points in about the first eight minutes, it felt like, and then um, didn't do much after that. But that is just Lonnie Walker. 18 points in 33 minutes and really not much else. He is one of the worst fantasy players on a permanent basis, and he got this opportunity because DeRozan and Murray were out. He'll go back and play 18 minutes next game and have no value, so don't buy into it. Luka Sharmanic started in place of DeRozan, had two and three with two steals. I think his position's at the four and not the three. Maybe you could say he was the four in this one and Keldon was the three, whatever. But Sharmanic, I think, can be an interesting rotation piece next season but obviously not having that impact this year. While uh, Drew Eubanks, 8-4-3 and three on 100% shooting, not his best night, but he is providing some solid enough 16-18 to 18 team league value at the moment. But a really good win for the Spurs, resting those guys. And an indication of what Derek can do, but please do not expect this on the reg. He just he, There's no opportunity to do this. This is a huge performance, but tons of... For as much as I love the bloke, a lot of caveats go into this performance that I don't think we should get overly excited about it. Guys, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You know protein bars, sometimes they taste like dirt, ash, soot, whatever it is. With Built Bar, no, that tastes like a candy bar. Covered in 100% chocolate, they are soft and easy to chew, and they are great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight because the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. The Cherry Bar Sia Bar, 17 grams of protein with 130 calories and just 4 grams of sugar and only 4 grams of net carbs. So, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. The promo code is LOCKED15. 
for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, let's go on to the next game. Bit of a bloodbath in the end, this one. The Chicago Bulls 108, the Hornets 91. You're going to be looking for explanations for Charlotte. I don't have them. I don't really get what happened. Now, normally, I think I'm a decent defender of James Borrego. I think he's an okay guy. He's a pretty good coach. In fact, I don't really have too many criticisms of him. But I don't really understand what happened in this game at all. Like, I just don't understand it. Last game, Vernon Carey played three minutes. He started. Never saw from again. PJ Washington started center at the second half. James Borrego comes out. Big song and dance. Mate. PJ Washington, we'll play our best ball when he's at center. He's awesome at center. It's great to have him at center. And then he proceeds to never play him at center at all in this game. Washington played 13 minutes. I won't say he was particularly good. Minus 13 in that time. Two points, two rebounds, two assists. But to play Biombo, Zala, and Carey all in the first half and not Washington at center is just really confusing. And it goes about really everything that you said about your rotation and about the team. In the end, Carey played 15 minutes. Zala played 14 minutes. Biombo got 11 minutes. And so nine minutes without those guys on the court. Like I just, I don't know. It didn't really make any sense. And then Nick Richards played three minutes. Nick Richards, he's a real player. Um, it was just a bad night all round for the Hornets. Carey had eight and four. That's not bad. Zala had eight and six. But honestly, Scott Brooks saw this and laughed and went, mate, can I actually go further than three centers? You played five of the bastards. Five of them. He goes, man, I bet he went to Tommy Shepard and I go, Tom, she's got us a couple more. Three more centers. Just sign three more to 10 days. I want to play six. I've got to beat Borrego the prick. He played five centers. I don't really understand what happened. It was a bad game. It was a blowout. But that's ridiculous. Don't drop Jalen McDaniels, please. Three points in 31 minutes. That's shit. 13% shooting is bad. Five boards, three assists, a steal, a three. Played 31 minutes. Still got two games this week. Let's hold it. Bridges had 13, 5, and 3. Rogier had 11, 3, and 8. Didn't hit shots. While Devontae Graham was a horrendous minus 23. He had 16, 4, and 3, though. And at least some of his shots went in. You don't be dropping Graham or Rogier or Bridges or Washington or McDaniels because of this game. Um, Cody Martin, only 18 minutes. Caleb played 25. Just It's very hard to get an understanding of what on earth happened. With this, um, with this rotation, just really confusing stuff. For the Bulls, is Bulls big Bulls Bulls him Bulls a bitch. Phil Vooch has taken one free throw in about the last two weeks, and that was in this game. He was one of one, but 18, 16, and six is good. Sixty-two percent from the field is excellent. While Thad Young, again, another thing I won't ever understand is why is Thad Young consistently getting thirty percent usage? He only played twenty minutes, had eighteen, four, and three with two steals, eighty percent shooting. I can't wrap my head around a high usage, 20-minute-a-night Thad Young being a top 100-ish sort of guy. I think you can still have him as a 12-team league player, but this does not feel sustainable in the slightest. Kobe White had 18 in 28 minutes with four threes. As long as Levine is out, White is a 12-team option. Well, Sadoransky, only 21 minutes, but like Thad Young, he got busy. Seven assists and three steals. That's valuable enough as a streamer for those categories. Tice had 9 and 7 in 25 minutes. Markinen had 11 in 27 minutes with three threes. Look, they're fine numbers, but they're not 12-teamers. While Pat Williams struggled for seven points and Garrett Temple hit his three threes, but didn't do too much else. And you look at the box, how did the Bulls win this? Like, There's nothing here that actually stands out as being good, but they killed them. 
They killed the Hornets in this one, but without any really large, spectacular type performances outside of whatever that Thad Young nonsense was, going 18 points in 20 minutes on 30% usage. All right, so let's go on to the last game of the night. The Lakers go down to the Mavericks, 115-110. Big news, of course, Anthony Davis returns, plays 17 minutes, has four points on 20% shooting. Rough night, rusty, missed both his free throws. He blocked a shot. I think he's going to be on this minutes limit for a bit of time, the 15 or so minute limit for maybe a couple of one, one or two more games, and then yeah, limited again. I, I wouldn't say he's going full pelt till about 10 days time would be my guess. This is why I did suggest in one of the early shows today, see if you could keep him in IR today, because I wasn't convinced there'd be a big performance. There wasn't, obviously. Um, with him back, though, Markeith Morris is a drop, 22 minutes for four points. Kuzma had eight points in 31 minutes. He's a drop as well. And Schroeder went bananas. 25 points, 13 assists on 69% shooting. Giggity! He obviously won't remain this good. The usage was down a bit, and that shooting will drop off. He's still going to remain a rosterable player. I don't believe that Montrez Harrell is a rosterable guy. 17 minutes, 14 and 6. Those minutes remain low. He was a team worst minus 19 in that time. Now, 14 and 6 on 88% shooting is still good value, but this dude is outside the top 230 over the last two weeks. You know, I shit on Andre Drummond sometimes, but I thought he was pretty good in this one. 31 minutes, 14 and 19, one steal and three blocks. And for damn sure, they are good fantasy numbers. 50% from the field, 100% from the line. Very hard to criticize what Drummond did in this game, so I won't. It was really good. And he's not at the level of Hassan Whiteside in terms of being that dreadful at basketball. But also, he needs to sort of rein in what he thinks he can do. And that's fine. 20% usage, absolutely no worries with Drummond doing that. That's that's a really good performance from him. While KCP went off at 29 points with six triples. He's just, look, even he is 75th ranked player over the last two weeks, amazingly. I just don't buy that as being someone I'm adding in 12 teamers. Solid streamer, good points guy, gets steals, hit threes. There is some value in him. Probably more 14 team than 12 team. For the Mavericks, uh, Porzingis. Porzingis. Played on the back-to-back, twisted his ankle 19 and 6 in 29 minutes. Now, it's very easy to say, well, if he hadn't played on the back-to-back, he wouldn't have twisted his ankle. That's true, because he wouldn't have been playing. But I'm not sure that the back-to-back actually contributed to that injury. It's not a wear and tear type scenario. It's just shit. And let's just hope that he's okay. With him out and with Maxi Kleber out, we got 31 Willie Cauley-Stein minutes. 11 and 8, one steal, two blocks. Five games next week, maybe worth taking a flyer there. Brunson only had the 21 minutes, 7, 4, and 5, but again... Five games next week makes him interesting. 13 points for 31 minutes for Josh Richardson. Again, the five games works there. And Dorian Finney-Smith's playing well. Top 100 player over the last two weeks. 10 points, two threes, three steals, shooting the ball really well. I imagine he plays all five games next week. I don't imagine Doncic or Pazingas do. And Finney-Smith can be a valuable option for you. Hardaway only had eight points in 27 minutes, while Redick had seven points in his 11 minutes. But a solid win in the end for, De- uh, for Dallas, who probably sh- in the end should have won this one by more. Let's look now at the top ads over the last 24 hours. De'Anthony Melton up 25%. I reckon we can reverse that one. Um, Landry Shamit up 24%. Not convinced he's going to remain a 12-team league guy. Tillman up 11. That's a solid ad for the, sh- the short term while Valanciunas is out. Bruce Brown up 10. Yep, much more into that than, say, Shamit. While Bertans up 7%. With Denny Avdier out, I think that that is a... And Rui Hachimura, of course, out. Bertans has some 12-team league value. In terms of drops, Moses Brown down 7%. You might want to scoop him back for the five games next week. Portis down 5%. That obviously didn't work out too well today, but it is the correct move. Terrence Ross down 5 No worries. Thad Young down 5 Again, worked out. He played pretty well today, but it is hard to trust a bloke getting 20 minutes a night. And then Justin Holiday down 5%, which I do think is the correct move there. Top 10 players under 50%. Corwell Pope was great. 
Billy Hernan Gomez was really good. Keep an eye on the Stephen Adams injury scenario. Devin Kennedy, don't read into that one. Thomas Sadoransky, nice assist and steal streamer. Shake Milton, don't buy it. Tristan Thompson, two more games this week. Rob Williams, I don't think will play. Good value there. Tice was all right, but I don't value it outside of deeper leagues. Dante Hall got back up minutes with Wendell Carter out. Brady Wanamaker was all right, but again, that's the deepest of deep leagues. And then Pat Connaughton, who with, again, two more games this week, does have some 14 to 16 team league stream value. Let's talk some DFS now for Friday across the NBA. All right, so let's take a look at Friday's action. Boston and Brooklyn, the first game up. The Nets' Kevin Durant is questionable. Of course, James Harden is out. Nick Claxton is out. But Durant being questionable is interesting. Tyler Johnson also doubtful. While for Boston, it is a back-to-back, so Kemba will likely sit. I don't think Evan Fournier is playing. I don't think Robert Williams is playing. But Jalen Brown could be back. He missed Thursday's action. So lots of ups, up and downs. Or up, uh, things that are up in the air with Boston. Opportunities for Pritchard and Langford if Kemba and Fournier and Brown are all out. Miami and Atlanta. For Miami, they are relatively healthy. Tyler Hero is questionable, though, and Victor Oladipo is out. While for Atlanta, we all know that Trey Young is out, but Clint Capella and Danilo Gallinari are both questionable. Tone Snell is doubtful. Um, watch for Onyeka Okongwu in the, in the uh, situation where Capella is out, and then Brandon Goodwin with Trey Young out. The Clippers and the Rockets, Paul George and Reggie Jackson will return, while Beverly, Leonard, and Abarca are all out. Rajon Rondo remains questionable, while Daniel House Jr. has been upgraded to probable for Houston. Cousin Kev Porter remains sidelined, as does Sterling Brown, Eric Gordon, Dante Exum, David Nwaba. The Cavs and the Hornets. Hornets, one-point favorites here. The total is 209. Injury-wise, Torian Prince is done for the season for Cleveland. That could open up minutes for guys like Dean Wade and for Larry Nance to get some of those backup small forward, power forward type minutes. The Wizards and the Thunder. The Wizards are nine-point favorites. The total is 230. Denny Avdi is out for the season. Rui Hachimura is out in this game, so I'd look for Bertans and Hal Neto to start. While for the Thunder, Lou Dort remains questionable. If he is out, it's more opportunities for Sfema Hailuk and for Darius Baisley in that, pit, in that position. Memphis and Portland. For the Grizzlies, Jonas Valanciunas remains out. Jonas Vassal Inuansas. While for Portland, Derek Jones Jr. is questionable. And then the last one is Denver and Golden State. Monty Morris remains out for Denver. While for the Warriors, Juan Toscano-Anderson has been upgraded to questionable, while Damian Lee is out for the next 10 to 14 days for the COVID protocols. If we look at Fangio, where the value lies, I'd start with Neto and Brandon Goodwin, Tristan Thompson, PJ Dozier, Yusuf Nurkic, Lou Williams, Alexei Pokyashevsky, maybe Lou Dort, uh, Theo Maladon, uh, Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving, Xavier Tillman, Nikola Jokic, Jordan Poole, Paul George, Devontae Graham, Kent Bazemore, Faku Campazzo, Jason Tatum, and Kevin Herter. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Give me the thumbs up, hit subscribe, ring the notification bell, leave your comments. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.